All right, take your Bibles. Go on with the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter number 3. Ruth chapter number 3. And uh, we started in chapter 3 last week and uh, looked at how to get to where he was. And then tonight, or this morning, uh, we're probably not going to finish chapter 3, but I do want to pick up. She's made her way to him, isn't that right? She's washed herself. Remember last week she washed herself and she's anointed herself and she's changed her garments. And uh, now we'll pick up in verse number 8 and the Bible said that, uh, in verse number 7, I'm sorry, that uh, she came softly and uncovered his feet uh, and laid her down. I don't really have a title this e- this morning, but uh, if you want one, I guess if last week it was how to get to where he was, uh, I guess we're going to see what happens when we get to him. Isn't that right? And uh, let me say this quickly. Uh, while you're finding your place, remember chapter 1. Uh, that's work. That's weeping days. All of chapter 1. They're weeping over the loss of their loved ones. Chapter 2. It's working days. She came in the beginning of barley harvest and uh, she stayed until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest. It's what the Bible said. So there's weeping days. There's working days. Uh, then in chapter 3, there's waiting days. Isn't that right? And uh, we're going to get into that probably the m- next week. Uh, uh, but you bear with me and I try to get through chapter 3. Uh, then chapter 4 is where I really, really want to get to. Uh, I love Ruth chapter 1 and I love Ruth chapter 2, then I've always had a special place for Ruth chapter 3. I like it when she finally gets to him. Then chapter 4, that's wedding days. Boy, I like that, don't you? And uh, so when you find your places this morning, stand with me in Ruth chapter 3 and verse number 8. Stand and give reverence and honor to the reading of the word of the Lord. Ruth chapter number 3 and verse number 8. I want to read just a few verses this morning and try to give you my heart and we'll go eat. The Bible said it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid. Let me just say this, I, I may come back and preach another message before we get into chapter 4 on what are you going to do at midnight. I did that several years ago, John, and looked at all the times in the Bible that uh, it was midnight. And there's some interesting things happen at midnight. The darkest time of night, there's some interesting things happen. But said it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman laid his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. <coughs> Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. It is now true that I am thy near kinsman, how be it, there is a kinsman nearer than I am. Tarry this night, and this shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part, but if he will not do the part of the kinsman uh, to thee, as the Lord live, uh, 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 kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down uh, until the morning. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I sure love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege. I, God, the honor to be back in your house today. Lord, I thank you that uh, for each one that's made their way out. Lord, no doubt in a crowd this size, Lord, no doubt there's one, maybe more that, Lord, doesn't know you as their personal Savior. Lord, I pray that this morning would you have your will and way. Lord, I pray that, Lord, would you walk down the aisles amongst the pews. Uh, do that that only you can this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray that lives would be changed. Uh, I pray that saints would be stirred, sinners would be saved. Uh, Lord, do that that only you can do. We need you this morning. And uh, Lord, I pray just for a little while, would you clothe me in the cloak of my calling, have me say nothing that, Lord, be contrary to your will or your word. Uh, Lord, I know my heart. I know my need. Lord, I need you this morning. Uh, I need your unction. I need utterance. Uh, Lord, that only comes from you. I thank you, Lord, for what we felt in our hearts this week, what you've done uh, in our homes and our lives. But God, this is another service. Well, this is another time. Lord, I pray that you do that. That, Lord, exceeds even what we can ask or think. Uh, help us now, just a little while. Save that one. Uh, this nearest to the devil's head will be careful uh, uh, to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Uh, amen and amen. You can be seated. Uh, and thank you for standing this morning. Now, last week we saw, once again, she washed herself, she anointed herself, she put her raiment upon her, she uh, come to the man. The Bible said when he had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and laid her down. Now in verse 8 we pick up. There's been some time passed. He's quit working. He's went to the end of the heap of corn. John, he's laid himself down. And uh, Ruth, the Bible said that she came softly. She waited till he uh, had went to sleep. And she came softly and uncovered his feet, Leona. Uh, and the Bible says she laid herself down at his feet. <laughs> There's been some time passed. Now the verse 8, the Bible said, and it came to pass at midnight. There's been some hours go by, and now the Bible said that he awoke, uh, and the Bible said he was frightened, he was afraid, uh, uh, because there was a woman laying at his feet. Now you just imagine uh, just literally what happened. Uh, uh, that'd be a little scary, wouldn't it? Go to bed, go lay down eating a heap of corn, wake up, and realize there's somebody uh, at your feet. Isn't that right? And, and the Bible said, that he asked her, who art thou? Now, I want you to know some things about this. I want you to notice with me. I won't be before you very long. I just want to give you some things and uh, make an application and we'll go to the house. Notice with me her position. Let me say this before we get into it too much. Now, I told you, we kind of, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I want to preach through the book of Ruth, John, and preach from, uh, I really had in my mind that uh, I was going to preach when she said in, verse, in chapter 1 that, uh, that Naomi's gods would be her gods and her people would be her people. And uh, I really want to take that and be that. That, that was the one when Ruth uh, uh, repented and Ruth believed and Ruth got saved and all that's true. And uh, you can carry that on through and see chapter 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4. You can see it all as the progression uh, of our Christian. Christian life. That's an application, but and, and so I want you to use your imagination. It won't take much, and uh, you. 
not going to preach it that way this morning. I, I, I may come back next week and preach it that way. I don't know what the Lord will do yet. Uh, but I got on my heart this morning to preach a salvation message out of Ruth chapter 3. And I, 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 there can still be some application made to the saint. But I, I won't preach primarily to those that are lost this morning. And I want you to notice with me, first of all, uh, her position. Now you say, preacher, what do you mean? Uh, now remember what Ruth was, chapter 1. Ruth didn't leave Bethlehem and go down into Moab. Uh, that was Elimelech, Naomi, Malon, and Chilion. Ruth, John, by birth, uh, was a Moabite. And by birth, uh, uh, she was a Gentile. By birth, uh, she was a heathen. By birth, uh, uh, she worshipped heathen gods. Uh, in fact, Ruth really, uh, uh, in our mind, had no reason uh, and no purpose, Leona, to even be in Bethlehem, Judah. Uh, uh, she wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. Is that right? But now God has begun to do a work in her life and through several events he's brought her, John, from Moab into Bethlehem. My soul, I'm about to come unglued. And now all of a sudden, Kirk, a woman that ought not even be there, had no reason to be there, has found herself in the presence of the man that owns the field. Isn't that right? Oh, you say, preacher, what are you saying? You know what every one of us are by birth? Uh, we're Gentiles, we're sinners uh, that deserve to go to hell. Isn't that right? Uh, but aren't you glad through some events uh, and some things in your life that God uh, brought you to the place uh, that one day, one night, one hour, whatever the case may be, uh, you found yourself uh, in the presence of an almighty God uh, realizing you didn't deserve to be there uh, you didn't earn your way there uh, but God had worked it out in your life uh, for you to find yourself uh, in the midst of the presence uh, of a thrice holy God that's where Ruth sat uh, she didn't do anything to earn this place she didn't do anything to uh, bring herself there but God uh, had worked out the events uh, to bring her here and the Bible said it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself uh, and behold a woman what lay at his feet. So preacher what do you say? You know what Ruth did when she found herself in the presence of the one that owned the field? Now she'd talked to him a little bit and he'd sent word to her and he'd blessed her. Remember chapter 2? I mean he said let some handfuls of purpose. He'd give her protection. Uh, he'd provided for her. This is the first time Brandy that she's found herself. Uh, just him and her. Isn't that right? Oh, that's, that's pretty good preaching if I do say so myself. You say there have been some times, Kirk, I realized that even as a small child, I could see that God uh, protected my family. And I could see, John, that God provided for my family. And I, I could even see that God blessed my family. Uh, but they come on Wednesday night at Charity Hill Baptist Church. Uh, and it's the first time it's just me and him. Ain't that right? Uh, it wasn't what he did for mom and it wasn't what he was doing for daddy. Uh, but, John, it became me and him. And that right? That's what happened to Ruth. He blessed her. He provided for her. He protected her. But now she's finally for the first time just him and her. There's nobody else there sharing. I mean it's just him and her. And watch what she did. The Bible said that she lay at his feet. Isn't that right? 
What about the fact she humbled her, John, to realize where she used to be, where she was now, Jessica, whose presence that she was in. And the Bible said that she lay at his feet. I got to think about that this week, and I thought, you know what, that's kindly what happened to me. I mean, I, I knew that he blessed my family, and I knew that he provided for my family, and I knew he protected us. But I, John, when I, I mean, I, kind of like Brother Kenny was talking about this morning, I, 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 you've heard me say it before over in Exodus 12, uh, uh, the, progr- the natural progression there. Uh, verse 3, the Bible said, take a lamb. Verse 4, the Bible said, take the lamb. Then in verse 5, it said, your lamb. Uh, I mean, I knew there was a lamb, and then I knew there was the lamb. Uh, but then they come and I, Brother Cor, he became my lamb. Isn't that right? Uh, and listen to me, that's kind of what happened to Ruth. Uh, she knew who Boaz was. She'd seen him and uh, she'd even seen some things that he did. But now she's in his presence. Uh, there's none of them young men around. There's none of them other young women. Uh, Naomi's not with her. There's none of those other men that uh, own the field. Uh, uh, but now, no, it's just him and her. Uh, and nobody else matters. Nobody else is there. And the Bible said that she laid uh, at his feet. Isn't that right? You say, preacher, what are you saying? You'll never get saved this morning till you humble yourself before the Lord. Ain't that right? You'll never get saved this morning till you humble yourself before the Lord. It takes realizing who he is and who you are and come crawling to his feet. Is that right? That's a humbling place. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. My sister, my sister is terrified of feet, and I, I know that's probably funny, but she is, and she always said, "When, when, when well, I just tell the story because I ain't gonna get much humor." Uh, when, when she when we was little, Mama had some kind of thing. I don't know what it was, John, but well, it, 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 you rubbed it across you, the heel of your foot, I guess, and it supposed to take the dry skin off or whatever. And Daddy just got in his mind that, that he couldn't do that for himself, so he'd make Ashlyn Kirk when she's a little girl come do that, and she's just terrified of him. She told me the other day, and she's not being funny, she told me, she said, when I take a shower, I bring rubber gloves with me because I don't want to touch my own feet, let alone somebody. I mean, she's terrified of them. And can I say this? I'm not that bad, but very many of you, I want to just lay at your feet. (laughs) Ain't that right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, there ain't very many of you that I just want to lay at your feet. It's a humbling place to be. You realize over in the New Testament when Jesus, the Bible said, girded himself with a towel, washed those disciples' feet. That's the nastiest part. I mean, it was a humbling thing, John. He humbled himself as a servant and washed their feet. Isn't that right? It was a humbling thing. Now, I, I, I don't believe. They, some people believe it's an ordinance, one of the ordinances of the Lord for the church. I don't believe that it is, but I'm not necessarily completely against the foot washing service. But I, I, I believe the two ordinances of the church is baptism and communion. But uh, I'm not necessarily completely against the foot washing service. But I will tell you this it's a humbling thing for a man to wash somebody else's feet. You humble yourself and get lower than that person. You're saying that I, you're saying that you're, the, all your worth is to wash their feet. Isn't that right? It's a humbling thing. The Bible said that Ruth lay at his feet. She humbled herself below him. Isn't that right? And you'll never get saved till you realize he's the Lord and you're not. You'll never get saved till you realize that he's holy and you're not. It takes you.
before the Lord. Notice her position. Not only that, watch verse number 9. Watch what your Bible says. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Watch her perception. You say, Preacher, I don't know if you're right about her being humble. Not only her position, but notice her perception. Boaz, the Bible said he, he wakened, he was frightened, he saw her at his feet, and he said, Who art thou? Who are you? Who is it uh, that's laying at my feet? Isn't that right? And can I tell you something? You ever, you ever get with the Lord, there'll be a question to be asked. And he'll ask you, Who art thou? Remember we're in the book of Genesis when he's wrestling, when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. That angel of the Lord, well, I, I can't get into all that. I, I'll preach that in another service. But had that angel of the Lord, the Bible said that he asked him, Who art thou? And what's your name? Is what he was at. Now there was a purpose for that. Remember when Jacob robbed Esau of his birthright and his blessing and how that he covered himself with a goat's hair and uh, made himself smell like Esau and went in. And remember what, remember what, uh, 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 remember what Isaac said? He said, it, it sounds like Esau, it sounds like Jacob, but it feels like Esau. Remember that? Yeah. He robbed him of his birthright and he and when Isaac even asked him said what is your name who art thou and he said my name is Esau lied about it isn't that right and what she is can I tell you something you can lie to your mama you can lie to your daddy you can lie to your preacher you can lie to the deacons you can lie to the Sunday school teacher but when the Lord asks you who you are you'll not fool him is that right I'll just be honest this morning I'm not trying to make you doubt your salvation but I'm just telling you, you can lie to your husband, you can lie to your wife, you can lie to the church, you can lie to your preacher. Everybody else can think you're saved, but when you get in the presence of the Lord, and He says, who art thou? You'll not fool Him. Is that right? He knows He's known His own and His own know Him. Isn't that right? I mean, I'm telling you, you'll not fool Him. And He asked her, He said, who art thou? Watch what she said. He said, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. She didn't say, I'm Ruth the Moabitess. She didn't say, I'm Ruth Naomi's daughter-in-law. She didn't say, I'm Ruth the wife of Malon. She didn't say, I'm the one being cleaning the feet. You know what she said? She said, I'm Ruth, thine handmaid. You know what she was saying? I'm Ruth, thy servant. That's what she was saying. That's what she meant. She said, I'm Ruth, thine handmaid. Kirk, she said, I'm Ruth, thy servant. You know what she's really saying? It's me, Ruth, and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. What she was really saying. She'd humbled herself, John, as she'd got to the place. She said, I'll do anything you ask me to do. Can I say this? That's what it takes to be saved. You're going to have to get to the place. God, the Holy Ghost, come back and convict your heart. He asks you who you are. You're going to have to be real with yourself and with Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. And I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Isn't that right? Can I say that? You know what our problem is? We want to try to do it on our time frame, our own way, what we think would be best. That's not how the Lord works this morning. That right? You'll come by the blood or you'll not come at all. Ain't that right? You'll come when the Lord calls or you'll not come at all. I mean, there's a certain way that God deals and you've got to see yourself a sinner and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I'll do whatever you bid me to do. Isn't that right? Watch this. Notice her position. Notice her perception of herself. She said, I'm Ruth, thine handmaid. Now notice her petition. She's laid at his feet. She said, I'm just your servant. But then, John, she had something she asked him. Watch what your Bible said. Let part of verse 9. Spread, therefore, thy skirt over thine handmaid.
kinsman. Now watch this. Remember what happened. The Bible said, apparently verse 7, I believe it is, Boaz come and lay at the, at the end of the heap of the corn. When Ruth come, the Bible said that she lifted up his skirt and lay at his feet. Isn't that right? Watch this. She didn't cover herself up. Is that right? She left his, she let, now don't, don't, some of them didn't lost me thinking, ha, 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 he, he's wearing a skirt. Well, what it was, it was them long garments in those days. Isn't that right? And they put it back, John, and she laid his feet. When he awoke, she said, spread thy skirt over thy handmaid. Thou art a near kinsman. You know what she was saying? God help me. She's saying, I need to be redeemed and I can't do it. That's what she was saying. She said, I, I, I've done it my way and I've made a mess of it. Isn't I, I, that right? She does. I mean, they had to be redeemed. Uh, that, that inheritance, Lemelech had died, Malon had died, Chilion had died. There was nobody to carry on that name. There was nobody to carry on that home. There was nobody that could do anything with it, Michelle. And the only hope they had was somebody loving them enough to be willing to redeem uh, what wasn't there. Isn't that right? That's how they do it. Mm. Boaz didn't have to spread his skirt over. He didn't have to cover her. I'll get to that in just a minute. He didn't have to cover her with his garment. But if he did, what he was saying was, I'll redeem you. Took that blood and the the Bible said they struck on the two side posts and across the top of that door. Isn't that right? Uh, oh, 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 brother, I, I can't think of his name. What is the uh, black preacher down there in Charlotte? What is Thomas Steele? Oh, brother, Thomas Steele used to preach a message out of Exodus 12. He'd get to one part and have, a, have himself a fit. He'd say they blood on the outside and lamb on the inside. What about that? Ain't that right? The blood was applied to our sin, to that outward appearance. The blood was applied to what we'd done. And then they eat of that lamb in the Passover. There was blood on the outside and lamb on the inside. Isn't that right? What about that? Watch this. You realize we got saved. That's what the Lord did. He took that blood and covered us with his blood. Isn't that right? Watch this. Ruth said, her petition, she said, spread thy skirt over me, for thou art a near kinsman. She was saying, you're able to do it. You're, you're a near kinsman. You're able to purchase me to yourself. Spread your skirt over me. Redeem me. Do for me what I can't do for myself. She's done humbled herself, Kirk. She's done realized she's just a servant. She's just a Gentile. And ought not even be there. She'll do whatever he asks her to do. She said, just spread your skirt over me. Just redeem me. Just do for me what I can't do for myself. I can't fix it. I can't do anything about it. You've got to do it. Isn't that right? Can I say this? You'll have to get there if you're ever going to get saved. you have to realize you can't do it. You can't clean yourself up. You can't buy your way to be righteous. You can't do enough good deeds to earn your way to heaven. I, I mean, you can't get baptized enough. You can't join enough churches. I, you can't give enough tithes. I, you can't support enough missionaries. I, 
Somebody not you can't preach enough messages. Uh, you can't have enough offices in the church. Uh, you can't mow the yard enough. Uh, you can't clean the church enough. Uh, I mean, there's nothing in this morning you can do. It's not out of your hands. Uh, there's nothing else to be done. And you'll have to find yourself at his feet, uh, humbling yourself, realizing who you are and who he is. And say, Lord, spread your skirt over me. Cover me because I can't cover myself. Uh, do for me what I can't do. And redeem me in that right? there's a romance remember what we titled this this whole study the romance of redemption you know what's happening right here they're falling in love they're right She's finished up at her feet. She's humbled herself. She said, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'm just your servant. I'm Ruth, thine handmaid. She said, spread your skirt over me. Redeem me. Do what I can't do. Watch what Boaz said. Boy, I like this. Now, if you know your Bible, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Watch verse 10. <coughs> Notice her passion. Boy, it gets good. What a picture of our salvation. And he said, now he's talking to her. Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. For thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Now there's some speculation as to what Boaz might have been. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty confident, Kirk. And I believe we got Bible back it up. I believe Boaz was quite a bit older than Ruth was. Because the Bible said, John, that he told her she'd showed more kindness in the latter end than the beginning because she followed out after young men. Isn't that right? Tells me he must have been quite a bit older than she was. What, you know what he was saying? Notice her passion. Notice, how, notice what Boaz was really looking for. He wasn't worried about the land. He wasn't worried about the money he was going to redeem. He wasn't worried about Naomi. He wasn't worried about Orpah. He wasn't worried about Elimelech. He wasn't, what he said was thou has showed more kindness in the latter end than the beginning. For thou followest not after the young men, whether rich or poor. You know what he said? It blessed his heart, Corey, that she loved him more than anybody else. Yeah. Is that right? You could, I mean, I, 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 you're falling in love, friend. Uh, I mean, can't, now stay with me. I'm going to give you the, the literal interpretation here. Now stay with me, Noah. She's the prettiest thing uh, that he's ever seen. Isn't that right? What he's saying was, John, you could have had any man you wanted. Uh, you could have had any of them young men. Uh, you could have had that one down the road. You could have had this one that was rich. You could have had that one that was poor. But you love me more than anybody. Isn't that right? You chose me. Can I tell you something? tonight this morning that's what the Lord wants from you he wants you to love him more than anything else that right can I tell you something stay with me this morning you say preacher how am I ever going to get saved you're going to have to love him more than your sin you're going to have to love him more than yourself you're going to have to love him more than anything else in this world you're going to have to get to the place where you desire him more than anything else, John. You will have to be willing this morning to let go of everything else, Brother Chris, and grab a hold of him. Watch this. I'll probably get myself in the doghouse, but be all right. I'll tell you a little bit about how me and my, my, my wife got together. Leona, I was dating a girl I went to church with, and she broke up with me uh, on Wednesday night. 
That's church. Well, I'll well, tell you the whole story. It's funny. We're friends now. She was in our wedding, by the way. She went to the altar, Brother Corey, and I, I went with her and put my arm around her, and I was a praying with her and weeping with her, and we got up from the altar and went outside. She said, by the way, I think we ought to break up. And I thought, well, gee, thanks. I could have told me that a little bit earlier. And I moped around all night Wednesday night, and Thursday, I'd seen Kendra the year before at the Christmas parade. And I, I knew her daddy, and I knew he wouldn't let her date till she's 16. And so Thursday, Mama sent me uh, to Ingle. I went to school with, and uh, I told her, I said, how about let's go out next, next Friday? And she said, I can't go Friday, uh, but I can go next Saturday. And I said, well, this is a date. I'll pick you up at such and such time. And then I come home, broke in, and I got to thinking, I thought, you know what, that pretty redheaded girl I've seen, she turned 16 this week. And in fact, this today, I believe I'll call her. So I called her, Brother Corey, and I said, how about going out this Friday? She said, I can do that. And I said, well, hallelujah. So I figured I'd go out with her Friday, and we'd have a good time, and I was going with that next girl on Saturday. That's what I had planned, and uh, I mean, that's what I was going to do. Don't look at me like that, Anzay. I'm telling you, that's what I was going to do. I, I was getting over my heartbreak. Now, watch this. We went out. We went out on Friday night. I picked her up, and we went out that Friday night. You said, Preacher, what'd you do? We went to Mazzini's and eat, and I'll never forget, John. It's a wonder we ever got together. That I used, to, I used to hate mayonnaise. Could not stand it. As the waitress come out, I ordered whatever I was getting, some kind of sandwich. And I told that waitress, I said, but ma'am, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have no mayonnaise on that sandwich. And Kendra, she said, excuse me, I guess you didn't hear me. Kendra said, he said he'd like to have extra mayonnaise. Well, I just didn't have the heart to tell her that's not what I said. And I'd like to never choke that thing down. I mean, I'd I mean, I like to get, I was sick as a dog. And we left Mazzini's, we went and got in my truck. And I'd washed it five times that day, John, and wax. I mean, it's spotless. And we left, and we went up to Stone Mountain. And we was going through Stone Mountain. I didn't know what to say to her. And we come by, there's a place up there. Y'all remember this, because it, it'll help you. I tell her every time we go. Uh, there's a place up there, and there's a little sign that says, Bullhead Creek. I don't know what possessed me to do it, Kirk. But I looked at her, and I said, was that named after you? <laughs> every time we go up there now, I say, I knew I was right. I knew I was right. And they're we went up there and we rode through Stone Mountain. I mean, we rode through it and we got done with that. And uh, she said, what are we going to do now? And I thought, well, as far as my plan went. And it was a little bit quicker than I thought it was going to be. And I said, well, let's ride through again. So we rode through it. We turned around and rode back through it again. She said, what are we going to do now? And I said, well, you won't do it. She said, let's just ride through it again. We rode through it six times before we ever went back home. My truck, John, was so filthy going down that gravel road. Uh, I mean, I'd washed it six times, waxed it twice, and I had dust uh, all over it. We was coming down the road. She took me away. Uh, I had never been that way to get back to her house. and uh, She took me down through there. She didn't hit me. It'd be it. We come up. There's a little place down there. You got a little, it's a funny little intersection. You go down the road. There's just a little bit short little turn right there and a stop sign right there. I mean, before you ever even get on that road, you got to stop. And we was going up through there, and I was looking at her, how pretty she was, thinking about what good time I had. And she never even told me there's a stop sign there. I just come right around the curve, went on down the road, and she said, you know you run that stop sign, don't you? And I said, well, you should have told me. I didn't see it. I don't know where I'm at. And I'll never forget, I was going down through there, and I had that little Toyota Tacoma in about third gear, and I was just a poking along. I mean, I, I wanted to make it last as long as I could. I looked over, and I, I looked over at her, and I said, what are you doing? What are you doing uh, Sunday? 
And she said, uh, nothing, I don't get No, I asked her, I said, you won't go with, with me to do such and such on Sunday. And there's just a little bit of a pause, and she said, no. Nah. And I just reached on down, pulled it back in fourth gear, put it up in fifth, and I sped on up to about 65, and I thought, well, I'm about ready to get her home. And it seemed like Kirk is 30, 40 seconds. She finally said, but we're going up to Green Street, and you're more than welcome to come with us if you want to. And I just pulled it right by on back down in the third. Thought, I should have knew what I was getting myself into then. But listen, you said, what are you saying? I said, all that say this. You know what I did when I got home? As soon as I walked in the door, Leona. Well, actually, before I ever even got home, as soon as, she, as soon as I dropped her off, walked her back in the house, and I got back in the truck, I pulled my phone out, and I called that other girl, and I said, I'm, I'll be awesome. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't know if my wife's ever even heard this. I called that girl. Her name was Jessica. I called her, and I said, Jessica, I hate to do this. I don't mean to be rude. And I said, but I've done found the one. I've done found the one. I love her. Hey, she said, when did you meet her? And I said, just a few minutes ago. We just went on our first date. But I love her. And I said, I can't help it. I ain't going to be able to come pick you up. It just wouldn't be right. You know why? Because paper, I realized I loved her more than all them girls I went to school with. I, ain't that right? I loved her more than that girl I was going to go out with the next night. I loved her more than anybody else. Isn't that right? And I only wanted her. Isn't that right? That's what the Lord wants from you. You have to get to the place where you want him more than anything else. That right? You want him more and you want a good job. You want him more. I'm talking to us that are saved tonight. That's still what he wants, by the way. You want him more and you want all the money in the world. You want him more. Ain't that right? There ain't nothing wrong with wanting things. I told you the other day, my wife wants a camper. And if I can do anything about it, I'm going to get her one as soon as I can. But I'm telling you, you ought to want him more than you want a camper. And you ought to want him more than you want a new truck. And you ought to want him more than you want money in the bank. You ought to want him more than you want food in your belly. Hey, you say, preacher, you need that. I need him more than I need food. And I need him more than I need water. I need him more than I need air. You ought to love him more than anything else. Isn't that right? That's what the Lord desires. You ought to love Him more than yourself. Love Him more than your sin. you got to be willing tonight to turn from your life and from the world and put your faith and trust in Him. Notice her position, her perception, her petition, her passion in verse 10. But watch verse 11. The Bible said, And now, my daughter, fear not. He told her, He said, You love me more than anybody else. You've chosen me instead of any other man. Watch what he said in verse 11, boy, I like this. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know thou art a virtuous woman. Now, hang on just a minute. Watch this. Anybody know your Bible? When did Boaz redeem Ruth? Chapter 4. Is that right? In fact, Kirk, you watch your Bible, verse 12. He tells her, he says, there's a problem. I am a near kinsman, but there's one nearer than me. That right? What he was saying was, that I, I could redeem you, but there's somebody else closer in line than I am. We've got to offer it to them first. But watch what verse 11 said. I will do all that thou requirest. How'd he know that, John? How could he promise that, surely? He just told her in verse 12, there's somebody else closer than I am. But he told her, he said, I will do all that thou requirest. Isn't there? God, help me. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Can I show you something? If you'll get your posture right, humble yourself before the Lord. 
If you'll get your perception right and see yourself for who you are, if you'll realize that, God, help me, Mm, watch this. If you'll get your posture right, your perception, if you'll get your petition right and realize you can't do it, you're going to need him too. If you'll get your passion right and realize that you're going to have to love him more than anybody else, you know what you'll find? He'll make you a promise. Watch what he said. Watch it now. He said, Blessed be thou, Lord, my daughter, for thou hast your heart. Verse number 11. Now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. You know what he said? He said, Ruth, because you've got your posture right, you've got your petition right, you've got your perception right, you've got your passion right, I'm going to make you a promise. I'll do everything you need, everything you require. I'll make sure that you got it. Y'all ain't getting that. He said, you need somebody to redeem you. I'll do it. You need somebody to love you. I'll love you. You need somebody to provide for you. I'll provide. You need somebody to protect you. I'll do that. You need somebody to care for you. I'll do that. You need somebody to take care of Naomi. I'll do that. You need somebody to redeem Naomi. I'll do it. I'll do every bit of it. Whatever you need. I'll do all that thou requires. Isn't that right? Oh, y'all ain't getting this. But it's a help of me if it ain't helping nobody else. You said, preacher, what are you saying? Now that I got saved as a seven-year-old boy, you know what I thought, John? I thought I was getting a fire escape. I, I thought I was getting a way out of hell. I, that's all I realized was happening. Brother Corey, I'm being honest tonight. I just thought that I was getting a way out of hell. But you know what I found out? He's done everything that I've ever required. I, he's met every need that I had. I, he's went above and beyond what I even realized that I needed. And that's what Boaz told Ruth. He said, I'll do all. What's that word all mean? All means all. And that's all that all means. I, he said, whatever you need, I'll do it. I'll do all that thou requires. I'll meet every need. I'll meet every want. I, I'll be everything for you. Isn't that right? What a promise. Realize this morning, that's what the Lord's saying. Sinner friend, that's exactly what he's saying to you. If you'll come to me, I'll meet every single need. Everything you require. I'll be that God. Hit me. Listen to me. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, let me just say it like this. Now listen to me. Don't tune me out this morning. There ain't no way I can tell you everything the Lord could do for you. But I'll tell you this. He'll be all that thou requirest. Well, y'all ain't helping me, so let me do I'm, I'm about done, believe it or not. I, I was going to be done before 12 o'clock, and y'all going to bog down on me, so I'm going to have to preach a little while. What's this? Hey, you said, preacher, you don't understand. I've got a problem with alcohol. He'll be your solution. Hey, you said, preacher, I don't understand. I've I got a problem with drugs. He can get you off of it. Hey, it won't be AA. It won't be rehab. It'll be God Almighty. Isn't that right? You say, preacher, my home's falling apart. He'll be the answer. You say, preacher, you don't understand. I've done made a mess of it. He's good at taking messes and putting them back together. You say, preacher, you don't understand. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know where I've been. He's good at saving sinners this morning. He'll be all that thou requires. Well, I'm trying to hurry. What about this? Brother Kenny, going through them I am's of Christ. I'm not going to get on it because he may may be getting there before it's over with. So I'll just give you a little foreshadowing of it. You go back and look at them I am's. You know what you'll find? You'll find he's everything that we need. That's right. He's the bread. He's the water. He's the door. You know what a door does? It lets you into a place where you can live. Isn't that right? 
Right? He's the good shepherd. He's on and on and on and on. He's everything that we need. No wonder Boaz, a picture and a type of Christ, said, I'll do unto thee all that thou requirest. Now, he hadn't done it yet, Michelle, but he promised her that he would. Isn't that right? Now, watch this. Notice verse 12, the problem. I won't get here in just a minute. Now, it's going to seem like I'm going to leave you just a little bit, but I want you to bear with me, okay? It's going to seem like I'm leaving you in a bad spot, but we're going to pick it up next week. Now, listen to me, no surprise. Boaz said, Ruth, verse 11, I promise you, I'll be all that thou requirest. I'll redeem you. Then verse 12, he said, well, there's a little bit of a problem. There's one, I am a near kinsman, but there's one that's nearer than I. We've got to go talk to him, see what he'll do. But if he'll, if he'll redeem you, then well, let him redeem you. But if not, I'll redeem you. Isn't that what he said? I know I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. So there's a problem. Now watch this. Ruth becomes a picture in the book of Ruth. Ruth becomes a picture of the, of the bride of Christ. She becomes a picture of the church. She becomes a picture of us, God. Boaz becomes a picture and a type uh, of Jesus. He becomes a picture of Christ that he redeemed her. He re- Christ what, Lord, did he redeem the church. Isn't that right? But then that, that nearer kinsman becomes a picture and a type of the law. And don't lose me. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Boaz told us that there's a near kinsman. There's another man that's closer to you than I am right now. And if he'll redeem you, well, let him do the part of redeeming. But if not, I will. Now watch this. The law has never redeemed any man. Bible's in the book of Galatians, the law is our schoolmaster. Now let watch this. We are, by nature, because of our sin, we're closer, now stay with me, we're in closer relation, John, to the law than we are the Lord. Are you with me? We break the law of God. Isn't that right? You know what that law does, though? You get pulled over on the way home. Whether or not you get a ticket does not, well, entirely depend on your personality, your charisma, what kind of car you're driving, you know what it depends on? It depends on the law. Those speed, I, I know I'm going to break some of your hearts. It breaks mine sometimes. But them, them little white signs that say speed limit, them two numbers, that's not just a suggestion. That, that's, that's a law. And you see, if it says speed limit, uh, you get out here going way home, I, we go down easy street. Uh, speed limit drops down 35 right there before we get to the fire department. Well, Michelle, if I'm running 35, I'm probably not going to get pulled over. But if I go down through there running 55, pretty good chance I might get pulled over. Isn't that right? And you know what he's going to say when he comes up to my door? He, when I roll my window down, he's going to say, Sir, do you know how fast you was going this morning? And I'm going to say, Well, I was probably going 55. You know what he's probably going to say? Do you realize that the speed limit, the law, is 35? Isn't that right? Now watch this. You know what tells me that I did something wrong? The law. Isn't that right? Kirk, when he tells me I was going 55, and the law says 35. There's no way I can get out of it. I broke the law. Now I realize this morning people hate for preachers to preach on sin. But you know what you do? What's happening? You're preaching the law of God. And God uses that law to show you you're a sinner. Is that right? To show, it's our schoolmaster that brings us to a place sharing of repentance. You'll never get saved till you realize that you're lost. Isn't that right? 
The law cannot redeem you, but the law brings you to a place of repentance. Now watch this. Well, I just stole this since we've been in revival at home. I just stole this in for free. Mamas, daddies, I'm speaking to me and my, my wife as well. You better be real careful to be consistent at home because you're teaching them youngins. When you, when you tell them not to do something, you let them do it again and again and again and again and again. You're teaching them there's no consequence to breaking the law of authority. Isn't that right? And that's not the truth when it comes to the Lord. You're, what you, we do at home is a direct correlation with the Lord. We're supposed to be teaching our children, John, how the Lord deals with us. Isn't that right? Can I say this? When you break the law of God, there is a consequence until you find yourself redeemed. Isn't that right? You have to teach your children that. So there has to be a strict, there has to be consistency just as the law has to be consistent. It wouldn't be right, John, for them to let you run 70 mile an hour down easy street and then me come by running 55 and then you can't do that. There's a speed limit that's the same for everybody. Isn't that right? And God has laws and regulations uh, that are placed on all man, isn't that right? Sin to go against the law of God. So there was a problem. That 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 near kinsman. Well, I want to tell you what happened with that near kinsman, but I ain't quite got there yet. But I want to tell you let me just say this. Notice her problem. Her problem was there was a near kinsman that showed her why she couldn't be with Boaz. Are you with me? Well, Corey, that near kinsman was what stood in her way from being with her bride. Are you with me? Now stay with me. Do you realize what the law does? It shows us we're a sinner. And that tonight, as a sinner, never been saved by the grace of God, Sharon, that's what prevents us from having fellowship and communion with God. Isn't that right? Okay, you don't, you don't like you believe me. Let me prove it to you. Go back to the book of Genesis. In the beginning, was God created the heaven and the earth, knew all that. Uh, he created man, breathing his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And what the Bible say that in the cool of the day, Elaine, that God would come down and walk with Adam. Isn't that right? Brother Cor, he'd come down, he'd fellowship with him, he'd walk with him, they'd talk. In the cool of the day, they'd walk through the garden, God and man. They were in communion, they were in fellowship. Fast forward a little bit, chapter 3. We know the story. The serpent came, tempted Eve. Eve took the fruit, give to Adam. Adam made also sin into the world by, by sin into the world by one man, death by sin. We know all that. Now watch this. You know what happened? Next time you find the Lord coming in the garden, the Bible says coming a cool day. And what did He say? Adam, where art thou? You know what happened? Sin broke the communion and fellowship between God and man. Your sin this morning is what keeps you from having a relationship with God. That right? That near kinsman. So that was a problem. Now watch this. Say, preacher, what else did he tell her? Watch verse 13. I'm done. I promise. It's amazing to me what, what he's saying. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning. He'll perform unto thee the part of a kinsman. Well, let him do the kinsman's part. If you're not do the part of a kinsman of thee, then I will do the part of a kinsman of thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. Watch this. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Notice her patience. The Lord hit me with this this week, John. I'll be honest with you. I, I thought about it, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being critical. I'm, I don't take this the wrong way at all. 
But I thought about they, they some come in the last couple of weeks and man, I preached to them one time. I don't mean anything to me, but I mean I preached one message, Leona. They hit the altar, they got saved. And I thank God for it. Then, Brother Corey, I thought about they've been some that I know's been here a year and a half, two years, Michelle. And they still just won't, I just can't, I can't, I can't figure it out. My human mind, Jessica, cannot figure it out. There's some in here right now that service after service after service, they're under conviction so bad you can't stand it. I know what they know, what people around them know it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm just talking. And I cannot figure out, John, why God works with different ones, different I can't, I just, my mind does not understand it, Corey. But watch what he told her. She's laying at his feet. He's promised her he'll redeem her. He told her about that near kinsman. Then he said this. He said, just lay right here with me till morning and I'll take care of it. Is that right? I don't know why he doesn't. I don't know why he deals with different ones different ways. But you know what Boaz was doing? He was enjoying fellowship with Ruth till the morning came. Is that right? Stay with me. Can I say this? Notice her patience. Now listen to me this morning. You may not understand it now, but I want to say this. I'm glad the Lord knows what he's doing. With every single individual. There may be some, but I doubt there's very many, Brother Corey, got saved the first time the Lord ever spoke to their hearts. They got saved. There are, I know some people, Elaine, but I don't know very many. But listen to this. What about the fact Lord kept coming with me. It was several services. Lord dealt with my heart. And Leon, I'd put it off and I'd put it off. And he kept, Johnny just kept coming back and he just kept coming back and he just kept coming back. And I'd never seen this till this week. What about the fact what he was doing was he said, you just lay right here at my feet. Let me work on you a little while. You ever wondered what Boaz might have told Ruth during that night? Bible doesn't say, Kenny, it's just between him. It's just between him and her. But I guarantee you there was something going on. Ain't that right? There was something he was saying. They was talking about something. But I just stay here at my feet till morning and then I'll take care of it. Isn't that right? Can I say this? Listen to me. I know sometimes I'm going to talk to us. I know every one of us is somebody we're praying for they get saved. Man, sometimes we get antsy and we get anxious. Have a little patience this morning. You don't have to understand what he's doing, but he's working on something. I know we live streaming. I don't feel like preaching a little bit. Michelle, I'm just going to tell you, just be patient. He's a working. Is that right? Just be patient. He's a working. Hey, some of you this morning been praying for you youngins for a long time. Be patient. He's a working. Every single service, Miss Pearl, say, remember my family. Be patient. He's a working. That right. Say, so, I don't see him working. We don't know what Boaz told Ruth during that night, but I guarantee you did something. Ain't that right? You may not see it right now, but he's a doing something. I guarantee it, friend. And I got good news for you. He can do far more behind the scenes than you can do up front. Ain't that right? Just be patient. He's a working. Huh? Ain't nothing telling what he might her patience. Huh? No doubt it was hard for her to say, all right, Boaz, that's what you, hey, if she's anything like me, she'd want it done now. And redeem me now. But he said, no, just be patient. I'll fix it in the morning. Isn't that right? Say, preacher, what are you saying? 